Ruinart, the world's oldest champagne house and patron of contemporary art. With the belief art can enlighten and connect us, Ruinart gives carte blanche to leading contemporary artists every year to pay tribute to the Maison's legacy. This year, visual artist Yeppi Hein. As part of the carte blanche programme, Yeppi Hein imagined an artistic installation that translated his sensorial journey at Maison Ruinart in Champagne. Making and tasting champagne, from the moment the grapes are harvested to the moment the wine sparkles in the mouth, is a total sensory experience. To renew the experience of nature and bring it into our daily life, Yeppi Hein uses fragments of matter and emotion that awaken our senses and connect us to ourselves and the world. Right Here, Right Now is a participatory installation that summons the four elements, earth, soil, water, rain, air, wind and fire, sun, essential to champagne making. The Right Here, Right Now digital experience can be experienced at yeppihein.ruinar.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Which is actually, as you can hear, a Talk Art live. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are in central London. We're in South Kensington. How are you today, Rob? Today, I am feeling everywhere because this is the week of Freeze London. Absolutely. And I feel like I need to take a breath, take a moment of pause amongst all the chaos and excitement and glamour that has been the last few days. Um, I have actually already met today's guest about three or four times during this week. The day before the fair opened, I even got to go to the most exquisite um, Ruinar lunch, which was a Michelin star feast is the only way to describe it. We were sat with like 20 other people on this huge table and there was even food in front of us, like, you know, like seps, like mushrooms um, in front of us that you could actually cut up with scissors and put into a, a, a teapot to kind of marinate in this soup. And then you poured it in. It was the most exquisite meal. It was like a real... Um, taste experience. So you made your own dinner, basically. <laughs> kind of. Right. And we had a few moments of um, very emotional uh, pause and meditation and uh, thought-provoking conversations with today's guest. And our guest today is an award-winning leading artist. He is also everywhere. You might even see him in airports. Um, his work travels very, very, very far um, into the hearts and minds of people internationally. Um, he's based in Berlin, has an incredible studio there, but is also um, originally Danish and uh, also present a lot in Copenhagen and often here in London too. I, I think he has a lot of friends here in London, including us, us now. Including and talking about being everywhere, you've just flown in for 24 hours. I have. Because you're less than 24 hours. I got in this morning at 10 a.m. and I leave tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Yeah, so actually 23 hours. Um, and Russell is currently filming American Horror Story, which is now public. I can no longer have to keep this horrible secret. Um, but Russell is the lead <laughs> in American Horror Story, which um, begins in about... Oh, um, thanks, thanks. It begins airing, I think, in a week, doesn't it? Yeah, the 19th of October. Yeah. So here we go. So get ready for that. But um, we are very excited to welcome to the stage... Ruinar, carte blanche artist, Yeppi Hein. Hi, Yeppi. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Uh, what a welcome. And uh, thank you from my heart. I'm very 
excited to be here today. We're excited to have you here. Why are you in London, Yeppe, at the minute? I am here because I am invited by Ruina Maison to uh, create a whole year of experiences on each art fair around the world and ah. working with art for food with different chefs around the world. So trying to give people a, a very beautiful, small, exclusive experience. So what, what art fairs have you been at prior to this? Uh, we started at the Palais de Tokyo. Uh, it was not an art fair, but it was like the opening ceremony. And then we went to uh, also again uh, to Berlin Art Week. Then we went to Venice, which was also not an art fair, but it's a Biennale. Then we went to Art Basel, New York, Freeze. Uh, then we went to now Basel in Basel. Wow. And it's just going on. You're so global. I love this. Yeah, but it's a beautiful invitation to be able to inspire people around the world because yeah. you're not normally traveling and expected so much uh, on so many beautiful places. Yeah, yeah. So much of your work is interactive and inspired by an audience. You really consider an audience with every body of work, right? Yes, I, I try to inspire people and invite them to be part of everything I do in my life, almost. When did you find that you you wanted the audience to be participatory in your work? Is it something when you started realizing you as an artist that you knew you wanted to bring public in? No, I think my background from Denmark, social democrats and growing up in an old hippie community uh, with a lot of uh, energies of different levels, fighting for the energies, I learned to perform and I could see that I was a, uh, it was a good way of being part of entertaining in a way. Not maybe right now, but in generally. And then I, I got in. I got to academy. I was like, I tried to be a football player. It's, luckily, me didn't succeeded to be a soccer player. But then I was a skilled carpenter. I was dyslectic, so I couldn't really study so much. I needed to use my hands. Yeah, and then I, I started to do art, started to paint, and I found out that was very interesting. I got a very good feeling when I started to formulate something which I couldn't speak about. I couldn't show my feelings. And then one day in Frankfurt at the Academy, I, I made a, a work called Moving Bench. You sit on the bench, the wall drive out behind you, and creating a space. And that interacts. Uh, the situation created by the people was just uh, amazing to see how they react. They were part of the artwork. They were winking to each other because they were disappearing from each other, and things like that. So that, that inspired me to go on on that path, trying to interact with people and the surroundings. So everybody on their chair has got today uh, a piece of paper, yeah. a Sharpie pen, and some balloons, because you've said that you want to start off yeah. our Talk Art Live today with something interactive. I want to start with a quote of yes. something that I read of yours, <laughs> which I found very beautiful, yes. which you said that life begins with an inhale and ends with an exhale. In between, we all breathe and live different lives, and yet each breath keeps us together, connected, sharing the same air. Now, something... About that, it's incredibly beautiful, but it, the visualization of breath is something that is incredibly important to you. The invisible being made visible through your art. So, yeah. are we going to see something now along those lines? Yeah, let's, let's do that. All right. And then we will talk about it because it's a very big project. Of course, it started when I, I couldn't breathe myself in 2009. I had a completely burnout in my way of looking for love and acceptance in the, around the world, outside myself. Of course, you don't find it there, but I was looking for a while. <laughs> and then I burned out. And then I started to do these small watercolors uh, of trying to find myself. And then I found out that if I was doing these lines of inhaling and exhaling, I was concentrated about that. My breath slowed down. 
my heartbeat slow down and my mind, this crazy mind was just running like crazy, start to slow down. So I start to find out that lungs and the breathing was a very good tool of calming me down. So I think we should, because I can see you are very excited, all of you. So I think we should, uh, we should breathe. And if you are home, then find a pen, a pencil, a marker, whatever you have, and a piece of paper. Very good. And then we can, uh, and we can try to do it. So everyone, you have a piece of paper and you have a marker. Um, and first of all, I like you on one side of the paper to draw how do you feel right now. And let's do it just if we... If you close our eyes for a second and we breathe in through our nose all the way down to our diaphragm as a, in the stomach, and the stomach go out and we exhaling slowly again, maybe through our nose, inhaling again very deep, and out again. And if you feel down in our stomach, how do we feel right now? And we try to visualize that on a face like emoji or smiley or sad face. So I will try to do it so you can see how I do it. So I do a ring, a circle, and then I do two eyes. Maybe my eyes is a little bit looking awkward. I have a nose today, and then I have a kind of a strange mouth, for instance. I have two ears, and at the moment I don't really have hair. So, so this is how I look right now. So maybe you all do that. It's nothing you have to think about. Just do it on one side of the piece of paper. Please. And it's not about doing something nice. It's not about competitors to your person next to you. It's just try to do it very fast and very gentle. Russell and I are very competitive, so that's going to be hard. Yeah, so don't show, your, don't, <laughs> don't show each other that now. Okay. Later on. It should only take a couple of seconds. People are really drawing. They're yeah, really, there's there's someone shading in over there. Yeah. They're like... <laughs> Let me see I, yours. I have a feeling we have a lot of artists in the audience. Hey, you look very... Uh, <laughs> you forgot your nose, but it's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. But maybe the nose is coming on the next one. So if we flip our paper around now, now i like you to try to breathe with me, and I will guide you through. And it might be that the exhale is a bit longer. My exhale is longer than yours. Then don't see it as a competitor situation. Just try to follow your own rhythm. But maybe you... Every time I'm saying exhale, you try to go with that. So as you beautiful said, we're inhaling the world and we're exhaling and we're giving out the world something. This is what we're doing today. So when we're inhaling, we're just inhaling briefly through our nose if it's possible. And when we're exhaling, I'll show you, we do a line. As long as we exhale, we just do the line. So I breathe in and I exhale. And you're focused on the, on the line when I'm exhaling. When I'm finished exhaling, the line stops. So if the line is, if the exhale is very short, it's a very short line. And that's okay. Okay, let's start together. Okay. Inhaling very slowly. And exhaling. And we do the line. When we're exhaling, we're doing it completely. We're exhaling all the way out. Inhaling and exhaling. Inhaling and exhaling. Very important to be aware of your line and your exhale and empty your lungs. Inhaling. And exhaling. 
inhaling and exhaling. If you're just at home, you just close your eyes and follow the breath. If you don't want to be creative, it's okay. Inhaling and hold your breath while you inhale. Hold it a little bit, smile and exhale. Let go on your pen, close your eyes. Breathing in, but just very slowly and free. And exhaling. Relax. Glint your eyes open again. Smile to the people next to you, maybe. And then I invite you to turn your paper around and do another smiley next to the other one. And how do you feel right now? So creating like a circle, maybe you are... I got very uh, calmed down by breathing with you. Thank you very much for being part of this small oh. exercise. Should we hold those up and show everyone? Yeah, let's show that. Let's everyone, <laughs> let's everyone show their face if you look it up. Look at how many... Uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of different things. That's I wish you had a picture of that. Maybe, so funny. maybe we could turn it around 180 degrees. Please take it up and turn it around. Turn your pieces around 180 degrees because then people behind you can see it. I can see some, some situations changed and some, some um, didn't. Th that, that was kind of really special. Thank you so much for yeah, that. That was, that was cool. really... I must say, that's very it's very surreal to do that uh, during freeze week, which is like the opposite of meditation, especially for me as a gallerist. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of thing, it's frenetic, it's like high energy, hyper-social. I've met about 5,000 people in one day. And then to do a breathing exercise is like the most genius thing. This, 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 you have a tattoo in your arm yeah. that says, breathe with me. Yes. So this, this, the title of this show that is, I guess, is this ongoing, you're traveling around doing this, is, has been a phenomenon for you. Yes. And out of a place of, uh, you know, a mental health breakdown has come creativity, has come this amazing thing, which I feel like has been career-defining. How did you feel knowing that out of, you know, adversity has come something that's defined who you are today? Um, now I see it as a very beautiful moment. Of course, it was the worst happening in my life when you burn out and you can't even take care of your kids for two seconds because you get scared and you had anxiety all the time, and you don't know what to do and what to do. But to find your breath again, and in a new way, be able to look again. Uh, so a couple of years after, I did these big lines of, of, of breathing uh, on the walls, on the museum's walls or gallery walls. And then one day I decided, why don't I give you the pencil? You the... And they, for the first time, start to paint the surrounding on, on different uh, shows I had. And to see how how inspired people was feeling themselves when they, they have never, I mean, I, I have met people that are like, they're breathing in, and then they and they're like, two seconds, they're like, where's my breath? And then someone, of course, breathing very long and saying, oh my God, I never felt my breath before, although, of course, we are been living our life with breathing in a way. So, so, and then it became a project, and since then, 2019, at the Climate Summit at the United Nations headquarters, we did a very beautiful installation, so we have Michael Bloomberg, Macron, a lot of young climate activists, well, connecting their breath with themselves, of course, and feeling themselves, but also feeling connected with the surrounding. So it was kind of a climate idea, but also equality about being together, be accepting each other. 
three, four days at the, uh, the Central Park, very long, where thousands of kids and people came with the Metropolitan. And then I, I created an education program, which you can download, breathewithme.world, and then and you just get it, and you do your own project. And of course, we can support it from my studio. And, 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 the last, and then COVID came. So, of course, everything broke down, and, and, and people really need to see how do I breathe, and can I breathe. And I started to do this online every Wednesday where I was breathing on the wall at home. So I, breath, I was doing my painting of my whole house, more or less, uh, with stripes. Every Wednesday at 7, I went online and then started to guide people about breathing and trying to tell a little bit of how I felt to be alone or being in this situation and then and, and show vulnerability in a way and then show that I, I could breathe with them. And were people painting their own houses? Uh, I was, I, I, yes, it happened. I saw that. They're sending me photos of that. And I, re, I, quit, I actually almost had a, a summer break now, but I started again, but I did it many, uh, many years. And then, of course, universities, schools, embassies, museums just took it in and, and did it as a, as a community project. And, and, and it hope we're showing it now at the, at the, in the COP in, in uh, Egypt next, uh, in the beginning of November. We are painting the whole Scandinavian pavilion. Um, and inviting everyone to come and breathe together. So it's uh, in Egypt for the, for the climate summit. And actually, in the fair itself, which is on until Sunday this week, um, Ruinar has a, an art bar. Yeah. And in, within that space, you've actually created an environment where people can express themselves, yeah. which I thought was so beautiful. Because normally, if you're a visitor to an art fair, you might like walk in and you see a static, I don't know, painting in front of you, a photograph, you know, a drawing done by somebody else. But the idea you can actually... Um, have a sensory experience yeah. in that space. Yeah. Like you actually put your hand into this kind of like mirror in a way. It's like it's a bit Alice in Wonderlandy in a way. And you put your hand in, and then a, a drop of scent goes onto your your hand, and you can actually like smell something. And then if you turn your hand the other way, you you get dropped a piece of chalk, which I guess links to Ruinar's like chalk and the history of of, of, the, of their kind of estate. Yeah. But 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 then you can take it to the wall and actually do your own drawing. And I've seen so many people do it and being encouraged to be creative. Um, how important was, was, was bringing that into an art fair context? Because it is quite a frenetic, as I said, like stressful environment. Yeah. And there was something really calm and peaceful about that experience. I actually went in and did it myself. Yeah, no, of course, the collaboration with Rodai was very important. To, to, that was the main idea. But for my, for my experience to go there and to experience this very beautiful place and to get very inspired about everything around it and try to to, to bring that inspiration into the art fair, but also into my universe. Uh, and for me, to try to create something different on the art fair, because uh, the art fair is a lot about buying, selling, yes. accumulating, uh, and uh, talking, and so on. And to try to create just this moment, a unique moment for each person, creating something special for them. So, of course, each individual who's putting their hand into this mirror, and it's not dropped, it's very, very beautiful placed in your hand, very sensitive. <laughs> it's very important, it's a piece of chalk, and then you turn around, and the smell is like the, the flower of the Chardonnay, which no one knows, so it's very, uh, very beautiful. And to create these kind of memories, and then you take the chalk, and then you have to draw in the middle of an art fair where people are not normally used to be creative, sometimes, if they are performative. But, uh, and that makes, of course, the boundary of saying, oh, I haven't been creative for 30 years. Last time I was in school when I was blah, blah, blah. So a lot of all these small steps I'm trying to pill down so people really start to break out of their own boundaries and, and 
and be freer. I believe if, if you try to get out there in the creative process, you are, you are much more free. Yeah, and I love that idea of reawakening your creative potential, like something that might have almost like fallen asleep. What's an inner and, child. Is yeah, totally, but that's also what the breathing thing is, yeah. because when I used to make pop music, you would do like um, singing routines before you went on stage, and breathing was a big part of that. And I always remember my singing teacher saying to me that um, when you're a baby, your diaphragm is like perfect, and I think you breathe really, really deeply, really, really healthily. But that's what I say babies can scream if I get in a yes. sore throat because they have support. That's right, and babies are so loud when they, when they, you know, okay, that's me, an adult <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, us divas, we are very loud. <laughs> From um, birth. <laughs> but that diaphragm connection and the way that you're very in control immediately when you're born um, with, with your body and, you know, the way that it works. It's interesting how as we grow as humans, you kind of start to bring in different psychological things that might, you know, repress that. Yeah. So I really found that a beautiful thing to kind of reawaken creative potential. Yeah, but so the lungs is like the only organ, which I learned from uh, science, that that's the only organ we can affect and manipulate with. So if we do breathing exercises, of course, fast or slower, we can actually calm down or we can get higher, in the sense, if we work with the breath. And normally, we are only using our breath to the solar plexus, so we're using only one-third of our lung capacity. Yes. So that means we don't really use more than one-third of our life energy because our breath is our life. Prana is it's called in Sanskrit, I think. And, and of course, if you can use everything in our, in our lungs to, to live our life and to do whatever we like, to love and to give and to whatever we do, uh, then we can get much more energy. So, but, so that's why it's very important to practice our breath and breathing. There was a beautiful moment in the Central Park uh, performance i guess where you had your mum and dad there and you called them up on stage first <laughs> yeah. because they gave you your breath which felt really my parents are here tonight and i felt really emotional watching yeah me too right now it's yeah. the gift of breath and life is that you the link between those for you is incredibly important and yeah. visual yeah no you know it's, it was a very special moment and and of course i was doing the line in central park which was my the biggest moment for that project and then i invited my mother to do the next because she somehow gave me that breath and my father as well of course also and uh, and when i had my burnout in 2009 the first one because there was a fear attack in the airplane i got very very scared so the first one i called was her and and we had a did we didn't have a best contact at the time and then she started to practice me breathing so she was because i was so scared at night so she counted my breath all night. So she, she counted one, two, three, four in. Then I had a break of three, pause, and then I was exhaling for seven. So, so, and she did that night after night after night. So she somehow gave me again my breath, but just in a new way. I have a very beautiful relationship with my mother now, of so course. Wow. But so you went back to like live with your mum and dad because it got so bad that you needed... No, 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 no. I didn't know, but we talked on the phone every night wow. at that time, yeah. It was very crazy, but she somehow re-gave me the life again in a new way, of course. Um, it was very beautiful. You must have inspired a lot of people, especially a, a lot of men who get to a certain age and mental health, and men find it very hard to talk about mental health. Have you had experiences where you've met people who you've inspired and who've said that you've helped them? Uh, yes, a lot, in a sense, because I think if you, as a man, are trying to show your vulnerability and uh, you can be weak and then you can actually talk about your feelings, uh, which is much better now, the couple, last couple of years. But, but of course, people get very inspired when you, when you tell your story. Uh, there is also a nice book called The Happiness of Burnout, which we, uh, some of, uh, one of my friends wrote about the case story about my, but, but telling a little bit about it. But um, 
I believe in uh, if you show your weak sides and you're open-minded and your open heart, this kind of afraid of not being there, being good enough, is disappearing slowly. So to be able also in my process not to sit here and believe and think that everyone has to love me, because they don't. But if I can inspire them and I can feel my own love, that's enough in the situation right here, right now. You know, we, we interviewed um, the art critic Jerry Saltz, who's obviously very famous in America and, and worldwide now because of um, social media. But he was saying that when you tell your own story, that's when you become interesting. And for him, artists, um, to find like your, your real inner power, it's actually what you already have. It's your life story. It's your perspective on the world. And that's what I think is so powerful about this body of work you've been doing recently is that is that it is really finding your voice and having the confidence just to say what you think, who you are, like what, what you have to share with the world. And in the recent body of work, I've been really struck by the text that you're using. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you often like have messages, which are very short sentences, very poetic phrases. Here. You are oh. perfect as you are. Here we go. If you can't change the world, change yourself. You complete me. Be who you are, not who you were. And my favorite is you don't have to be perfect to be here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they're, they're almost like affirmations or, yeah. like, or like phrases that might provoke... Mantras. Yeah, yeah, mantras that might yeah. provoke thought. How did that come into the work? Yeah, but it came because I, I started to self-reflect. Of course, I, uh, when I burned out, of course, first you need to find yourself in a way of being able to breathe. And I went to... I started to uh, do mindfulness training. I started to do a lot of therapies. I started to do yoga and meditation, of course. Not of course, but I did a lot and went very much into it. And then it started somehow to... I started to try to get inspiration when I listened to Yoga Nitra, which is like body scans. Then people say something beautiful sometimes. And I started to keep these things. I started to write it down on all my watercolor. What was that again? Paper. Body scans? What's yeah, that? body scan. It's like, a, like you know, uh, Yoga Nitra is a way of the end when you've been doing a yoga practice. Uh, then you lie down, and you're lying down on your back. It's called a death pose. And this is somehow, then you relax, you feel your body. It's actually the most difficult uh, poses you can find because you have to be right here in the moment and not let your, your mind drift. Right. Um, and you lie there. And then you can also, the, the yoga teacher can also start to guide you through your body in, and, and tell you about different parts of your body. And you will somehow link your... Uh, your thoughts on this area all the time. And it's in the modern world, I think it's called body scan. Right. And it's a very, very, very strong tool to use if you're stressed, if you can't come down, if you can't sleep, then I'm sure you can find a, not only a yoga teacher, but also an app who's helping you, bringing you somehow in another state of mind, which is very beautiful. So it's not sleeping and it's not meditation. It's a part of in between. So how does yoga and mindfulness link with champagne? you <laughs> how did that how did that collaboration yeah. come together yeah yeah i actually have some thoughts on that which i'll yeah, say I after need, yeah. Yeah. it does make you very calm champagne especially Rupert, yeah. it's lovely it, it, i mean it, it could bring you in balance both of them but of course the <laughs> yoga is a more long-term way of doing it the collaboration as i see it is more like we're trying to inspire each other uh, and i could see out of some of these nature elements that's when i was using like chalk smells nature i i used a lot in my life but i never really use it in my art practice. I take a lot of walks. I do a lot of people, uh, things in nature. Uh, I start to surf a lot. So I'm, I'm a lot in the waves and so on. So it's a lot of my time is staying there. And I think that element could be, how to say, brought into uh, experience like this. Um, 
So I'm not doing yoga with people in the sense, but I'm trying to bring my, my life into my artwork. So I see my artworks as a tool for communication and dialogue, and then they bring it out there on an art fair, on a museum, in front of the Rockefeller Center, or whatever I'm doing, whatever in the world. And there I start to communicate. There I start to, um, to, to communicate between people and the spaces. And I think, uh, I think if we talk about earlier, playfulness and a smile is very, very powerful. If you can smile to people, as you do you know, right now to all the people around us, um, it's very powerful because I remember when I walk on the street and someone smiles to me, just a, a split second, it can save my day. It's like, it can be this little child looking at me, it can be an older woman and it can be a beautiful whatever, uh, but it's just so beautiful. But it can also be very difficult to smile to someone. Also, especially sometimes them you love mostly. So, so that's a very paradox sometimes about getting a smile into your life. But I think we should definitely try to smile. And I believe that the playfulness can open up much more for, for your heart. And this is the only thing I'm trying to do in my life, is trying to open up your heart a little bit. And if you dare to be more authentic in your own life, I believe that you could be more authentic around you and you dare to step more out of your comfort zone. And I think if you are out there, you feel free freedom because we are not stuck in all these kind of things we are involved in in our life or we're getting from our childhood. We all have a... a, it feels, it feels a like with all of your work, you're really interested in the audience's reaction. Like you study how they... You make these incredible benches, which you call modified social benches. Yeah. And, you know, architecture-wise... You see a bench, you sit on it in a certain way, but you're breaking all the rules of what these benches can be. I'll see if we can find an image there. But do you like witnessing how people lay, sit, work with that? And I'm thinking, I want to go back to the chalk and then yeah. people were drawing on the walls. Yes. I mean, what were most people drawing on the walls? I know what I would have drawn if I was at school and someone gave me a piece of chalk. Yes. But what, I mean, does that... Yeah, yeah was that when you got kicked out of school? Yeah, is there a lot... <laughs> you definitely not Willy's forgot the chalk <laughs> No, um, no, but I think that uh, I'm very, I have been from the beginning of very interesting and in see how people interfere with each other and how you can use the, the tool and the artwork to communicate, but also to get deeper into yourself. And that's why when I start, I start to do mirrors in different shapes and someone were broken and someone was standing up and down and turning around. And that was before I start really to look into my own mirror and finding out who am I really in there. And when you start to look in there, and I'm, I'm seeing around here, that, and then we, there's definitely a lot of old souls who have much more experience than I have. But in my process, of course, to be able to look in and to look at this very dark side of myself is, of course, uh, take time, but it's very beautiful. Become, it's becoming beautiful when you start to look in there. And when you get back to the children and the playfulness, I have four kids in, in a lot of different ages. And, of course, they are the one who brings out the most beautiful Yebe, also the child in me, but also the worst thing in me. And this is, that's why these are the best mirror you can have in your life if you have kids, I think. I, I loved it the other day when you said that you apologize to your children um, <laughs> and that they become like a mirror in a sense because you can see how your behavior you know, changes through the day or, or whatever, in different situations. But I love the fact that you've got to the point where you actually go and say, look, I'm really sorry if I you know, shouted or whatever, or, or, you know, that you, you kind of have that, that really honest dialogue with your kids. I thought it was so touching. Well, I think, uh, no, I think it's very, I mean, I, I think 
they are there, but I have to learn something in my life about how to, they, they will just grow. And of course, I have to have to be the best father I can be uh, and inspire them. But I think uh, apologizing to whatever, everyone, to my children, but or to my wife or to everyone else, I think it's very important to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and uh, in my process, I, of course, I try to change everyone else around me so they fit in in my life of way of doing stuff. And of course, it doesn't work at all. So of course, to find out that I have to change my life my way of speaking, my way of looking at people, my way of doing stuff. And when I start to do that, it might happen something changing around me, but you can't expect it. Mm. You know, the other day when we had that Michelin star lunch, there was actually like an installation that you walked through. It was a mirror. It was like a kind of portal in a way that you walked through yeah. to reach the table. And it felt really significant, this kind of like walking through the mirror, yeah. you know, into this magical banquet. And it got me thinking a lot about champagne. Well, we cut the mirror actually, sorry. So the mirror was because you came oh, a little late. Oh, it was solid. So, but, ah. but, <laughs> but there was a big mirror, and then me and the chef, we took a huge knife, and we say, how does it feel? Sorry, I interrupt. How does it feel to go into your own mirror? I'd like to invite you right now. And then we cut it, and then we went into that mirror. I was fashionably late. <laughs> yeah. I was like literally two minutes late to this meal. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. It was just so I must have missed that bit. But I'm glad that I picked up on the reference of the mirror that I walked Sorry, through. I was so honest. But what it got me thinking about was my association with champagne was always um, like parties, like celebrations, people's birthdays, maybe an engagement or a wedding, like positive, you know, happy, enjoyable yeah. sort of community moments. And I never used to drink. So my brother died when I was 14. And my response was um, never to to drink, never to do drugs, never to do anything. And then in the last few years, I've started drinking. And for me, in that meal, it really got me thinking about taste and, and, and an elevated sense, a kind of um, heightened experience yeah. to do with eating food alongside drinking something like the champagne. And when we had the Ruinard, like the Dom version of it, and then also the Brut, all these different um, variations, and then Blanc de Blanc, each one was so different. And it's a really heightened part of your palate. And I am getting so into that now as like a, as a culinary <laughs> kind he's of... Never, he's <laughs> never drunk in his life and he's discovered champagne. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so work out who robbed it's me. so cheesy of me and like tacky that I'm like oh, tacky, I only drink champagne of course you do. but like I actually love it as a kind of taste experience um how important is food for you because I yeah. I noticed during that meal yeah. you were like so excited about about the adventure of food yes. and I think you even have a chef in your studio yes, yes. What? yeah yeah yeah, so no, food is, has been a, a, a big thing in my life. I love to cook. I was, I think I was in ninth grade, I got, I got to exam in cooking because I knew that was the highest grade I could get. So that's why. And I was discussing really? in the end after with the sensor because I, I got like, you could get 11, which is the highest, and you get 13, which is like the better than the teachers. And I was better than the teachers because I knew everything about it. So I was discussing in the end about the teachers about that I didn't get 13. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But anyway, so I love to cook. And my wife cooks a lot. My daughter is going on a cooking school. So it has been... And then, of course, from the beginning of my studio growing, I had uh, sometimes just some French cooking, and then it become a chef, and now I have a chef. Uh, and we are cooking every day for the people. And, of course, when Ruina approached us at that time, we got very inspired, and they really always wanted to do artist dinners. So it, 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 it felt very obvious to try to combine... And, and, and to make these together. So that's uh, why these... You've, you've even run a restaurant before. Yes, I had, I had a restaurant uh, 10 years ago called Carriere Bar in Copenhagen, which was like 35 artists doing all the installations like Olafur, Rikrit, Dan Graham, uh, Ernesto Neto. A lot of very, 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 very good friends and but also good artists. Yeah. Uh, we don't, it's not existing anymore, but, but um, the way of learning, of creating, 
And now we are working actually on a, on a, also on a studio cookbook since a couple of years, which uh, will come out next year. But um, it was a combination of my work, my studio, my, we, we are eating organic and vegetarian, and we have bees on the rooftop, we have a small kitchen garden. So all that is, of course, involved, together with uh, four other very beautiful artists. It was great to hear about your daughter's enthusiasm for cooking as well, and that she wants to be a chef one day. So it's like the creativity goes through the family. It's like in, in your blood. I loved that. Yeah. Um, and what about Oliver Eliasson? So you worked a lot with him, and he's been a big figure in your life. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I met him in 96 in a show where I was, because I was a carpenter, I work in a museum and I work for him. So I very fast come in and work for him around the world and travel around and learning like a mentor. So he was a very big influence on me and my, my life, I would say. I was the first one cooking in his studio and making bread and so on. So I did it in his studio. Then, of course, now he has a very big studio and a very big uh, cooking situation. So that, that he has been a mentor for me and we have been knowing each other. My wife was the studio manager after for a while, for, for almost 10 years in his studio. So, so um, yeah. Interesting. We're using somehow the same tool of, in a way, of, of material. And of course, uh, he's very interesting in the, in the, like we would say, in the nature science universe. And I'm interesting to open up your heart. Yes, exactly. It's like <laughs> his work is that big sun project. If nobody knows, Elafer Eliasson, that was at the Tate Modern many years ago. This huge sun, and he yeah. does very immersive work. He put big, huge blocks of ice that were from Greenland yeah. outside the Tate Modern at the start of the pandemic that just sort of melted to show climate change. Yeah. He's very active and political in his art. I love that community you have, like this very community spirit. You were even talking to me the other day about the, the next generation, yeah, and yeah. you're really keen on promoting and platforming, you know, really young artists and yeah. helping even advise them on the pitfalls of, you know, things you might have experienced in the art world. Yes. I, 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 can you speak a bit about some of those artists? Yeah, but it started, yeah, but it started very early when I was a second-year graduate uh, student in the Academy in Copenhagen. I, I, I thought when you uh, started the art school, you were an artist, and of course I got completely shocked because, of course, I was not at all. So then I, I went to with two girls and we started to make a group and we did a lot of shows with friends and things just to learn about how so it started very early I swapped at that time with a lot of young artists and then I started to collect them when I went a little bit higher up at the, at the ladder and then I'm very inspired by working with artists so recently in Berlin Art Week I had a, a young painter from Denmark called Friedrich uh, Nebelroth he's a very very good very very I would say very talented to, and he's doing ceramic and painting and he was then Two weeks he was working and painting in my studio like crazy. And all my people in the studio was feeling it was a little bit too much, I think. But it was, it was a nice atmosphere, very different. And then we had a show. I was putting in some benches. And so we some, so I'm trying to combine people and my work with other things. And I, I think it's all about inspiration. And if you can inspire, I get inspiration from that a lot. So, so I, I, I tap on everything. But very important, I don't believe that I'm anything special. I believe that we have a consciousness of creativity around us. And I think we all can tap on that a little bit, uh, a lot sometimes, and then I can bring it up for my heart. And I, so I don't believe that I'm a specific person, but I believe that I, I can work on tapping on the cloud of consciousness and bring it out with love to you. Well, <laughs> we, we think you're very special. Yeah, that was very we, precise. We, we, <laughs> we introduced you as a Ruinas Carte Blanche artist. So what yes. is that? actually mean if you are the Ruinar carte blanche artist? I'm showing up a white card <laughs> right. right now. I have two of those. So it's actually, instead of getting the yellow one and the red one to football, you're getting the white one because it's blank. So it's meaning you have the blank card and you can do whatever you want. And actually it is very true because 
uh, when I got the invitation, say, come and have a look, come and experience this, and you can create whatever you do. And I came up with the whole concept of the whole year, different colors, different shapes with the chef, and and um, and what you will go maybe to on the fair to experience uh, with the chalk and the smell and the small meditation of a raisin, which you can scan in, and there is a meditation. So explaining you uh, five minutes how to uh, eat a raisin. Um, Which we did. Yeah, we did at the dinner, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dinner began with this really beautiful, um, you know, like in banquets that you see in kind of like Henry VIII time or something. It was like (laughs) like a kind of silver dome over the plate. It was all very dramatic. A cloche, they call it. Exactly, a cloche. Um, So we lifted it up and underneath, I was expecting there to be a big plate full of food or something. And it was a tiny raisin (laughs) Um, from from the Ruinar estate, I think. And it's actually linked to the wine. And then we all had to like take the raisin and feel it and then put it on our tongue. And then, and then it was like a sculptural 3D kind of experience trying to understand this actually the, happen or is it imaginary? Yeah, yeah, the no, no, terrain no. <laughs> of the raisin. No, there was before the mushrooms, actually. No, this yeah, is, this is before the, the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before it was, the mushrooms. Yeah. It was really brilliant, yeah. And it was really about um, savouring the taste. That's what I'm talking about, this kind of heightened uh, experience through food and, and wine. It's really extraordinary. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was mindfulness eating, and it was not my idea, but it was, of course, something I tapped on and, and used for this situation where people are opening up their minds and their situations, so they're very open for, as you can hear, tasting something new in their life, and not just tasting, but aware of. And I think it's very beautiful. So this is what I work on. I, I try really to find these components, if it's a young artist or if it's something you can... And then it's kind of one big... You can ask my studio manager, he's sitting down there, he, he, he knows that... Is like bringing in a Breathe With Me project in New York or like a museum show in, in, in Moderna in Stockholm where there was no transport in any artworks this year. So I only did workshops. So I trained 120 guards of doing workshops with people and the exhibition was called Who Are You Really? And then actually after doing these seven or eight workshops, you know, not many doing all of them, but if you did some of those, you came a little bit closer to who you really were. And a combination of creativity, yoga, mindfulness, laugh, smile, exercises brought you closer to who you really are. And actually, one of the works that I first discovered you through was your floating balloons. Mm, yeah. So there are these amazing kind of um, shiny silver steel, steel balloons. Yes. And Russell just had a one-on-one experience with that body <laughs> of work flying over here from New York. Yeah, in LaGuardia Airport in New York, you have an installation, I think it's of 70 of these balloons, and they're stuck up to the ceiling, so they look like a little kid's Yes. Let them go, yes. which is probably tragedy for the kid, but a beautiful image yeah. up oh, yeah. there. Here we have images behind. So this is showing you like a kind of baggage claim route where you're probably walking to find your suitcase or going to one of your gates. It says gate 40 to 59. Yeah. And then in the ceiling are all these amazing floating balloons. And there's something so reminiscent about childhood, about that idea of you've lost your balloon, but also of like, <laughs> yeah. of like kind of joy and fun and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and um, gravity and nature. There's all those kind of elements within it. Where did that come from? Yeah, that's a good question. From up, <laughs> from up there. From, no, no, no. <laughs> from the no, dark actually, depths of your dark, imagination. No, but actually, I, I, it, was, it came after 2009, so one of the first work I started to do after my burnout. And I, I uh, actually, I, I really got, I found out recently, because you, really someone asked me again about this. And I, I believe when you are suffering and you're not feeling well, the only thing you want to be is healthy. Mm. So it doesn't matter what you have around you, how much love, how much money or whatever you have, if you're not feeling well, 
the only thing. So I was thinking about, okay, what does brings me joy and happiness? And of course, one of the very strong tools we have in our life is sending out a wish for something. And you're having goals. I think this is something I'm using. So I believe that also I, to my wedding, we also were sending at that time, you are not allowed to do it anymore, but at that time you were sending out balloons with the wishes for the loved ones or for someone else. Um, and I, I believe that actually I could see myself sending a lot of balloons visually out, uh, wonder, but also hoping for something better. And in the process, I was feeling suffering and I was feeling uh, all these not so nice feelings I had several years. Um, I was always positive. And I always, as you see now, you haven't been so funny today, but it will maybe come. But I, 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 I always saw this humor. humor in my life. So when I start the first watercolors or writing, sorry, I'm brain dead, I will be back. Or please take a number, I come back to you or something. So trying to make it kind of not funny, but actually make a situation out of it. I knew it was not constantly. I knew a situation I will I will grow out of somehow. And the balloon helped me to send out these messages, I think. And that's why also the messages came, the text, the neon text came out with that balloon situation. Well, it's true. No feeling is finite. That's something that I hold on to. Whatever emotion you're in, it's never definitive. Yeah. It's just in the moment. Yeah, well, and what in the was... morning you might feel better than you do at the night. Yeah, yeah, of course. And just remembering that like when the sun rises and you wake up, you'll probably feel completely different. Yeah, unless you've drunk a load of champagne, you might feel <laughs> What was... I normally don't have is you just keep on blong de blong. It stays not that the headache. Okay. But actually, I have a very beautiful story with a child going in the metro station in Copenhagen and then they're hanging a lot of Kongsnuto, uh, there's a lot of balloons hanging there. And the, he, he has, it was just right in, right after COVID, so he has to go and have a test. And, and that time everyone was very, ooh, what's going on? And he was like six years old. And they came into the metro station and he was very nervous. He was shaking and he didn't want. And then they looked up and saw these balloons and he got so happy because it was just a way of, oh my God, who has been here? And he was talking and the mother was trying to explain it actually artwork. So they went into the train again, driving to the doctor and completely forgot it. And on the way back, he was saying, you know, can I get one of those balloons? Mm. And she said, maybe, uh, maybe it's a little bit too much expensive for, for my budget. But she said, we can always come back. Yeah. And somehow, so believing in that, that art can be so strong a tool of communication and, and bringing people in, in another dimension, I would say, and um, brings me a lot of joy. When I feel people coming back to me saying, I've been breathing with you every winter the last two years or whatever. Wow. I just want to, I love it's, of course, idea. fantastic. It's not that, and I'm just getting very warm if you could be able to inspire people. It's really great, though, public artworks and the way that you don't expect you're going to go out your door and experience that. No. But, you know, you might happen upon it, like Russell always talks about it, if you're looking at public sculptures that are in the city, sometimes you don't even notice them because they just become part of the landscape. Yeah, yeah. And then one day you click and you're like, oh my God, I love that sculpture. Or like these ones, they always used to stop me in my tracks. Even in art fairs, I've seen them wait. There's just like one on its own. Yeah. And it would always make me stop and think like, Well, these are the that? modified social benches you're talking about. Like, yeah, but the balloons as well. Balloons, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen the odd We're one. talking about balloons. So everybody sat down, they had a sheet of paper with a pen, but now they have in their lap Balloons. Yes. Why is that, Yepi? Yeah, because I think that that uh, we need to uh, send out a wish, as I did when I uh, needed to send out a wish to the world. So um, I think we should invite people to take one of their balloons, just one of them. The other one is so you can take with you home. But but if you take one and uh, if you're at home, don't have a balloon, then maybe just pretend to have one or. 
hear it again and then put it on. These, awesome. these balloons are multicolored as well. Yeah, so I've got a, a pink one, Russell's got a yellow one. So mm. Yepe has a blue if you, one. If you make them a little bit like, eh, eh, I don't know what that's called. What are you seeing there? Stretching them out. Stretching them out, okay. Limber them up. Okay, limber them up. Okay, <laughs> warm them up, the balloons. And then uh, maybe I invite you, instead of just blowing your air in, in this balloon, maybe you are aware of what you're doing. So when you're actually breathing in, we did it in the beginning. So we're breathing in, the, in through our nose, maybe all the way down to our stomach. And then we blow our balloons up and make a knot on. And then I give you the next detail. No? Okay. <laughs> Inhaling. God, I'm doing proper like diaphragm baby breaths right now. Yes. Be careful not to do it too big because they can explode. Not your okay. diaphragm, but uh, your balloon. <laughs> I got a head rush. Is that normal? <laughs> Has everyone got a head rush? <laughs> <laughs> right. So now we have everyone we made a nut on. This is making me think like, where's the party goodie bag? You know what I mean? When you're hey. like, when you're a kid. I passed the pass. I want a piece yeah. of cake. Where's yeah. my piece of cake? Where's my cake? Also. Yeah, so now I, I need a little bit of help of, of uh, Stephen. Can you help me? I need it because I have to stand up. We actually all have to stand up. Oh. So now, oh. Oh, oh. there are balloons flying everywhere in the audience. Need the help to make a nut. This is the most no. interactive okay. talk art oh we've ever God, done. Oh my God, there's someone really creative already, make a kind of smiley. But I like you to to write a word you like to send out to the world right now, something which really meaning a lot to you from the heart. Don't look at your neighbors. Just find out uh, what do you mean something right now. I don't want to say a word, but I can say a lot of words, of course. But write it down. You can hear it here on the balloon. Mm. More. I write more. <laughs> Empathy. Oh, mummy. <laughs> so, right, right now, everybody World. listening at home is probably thinking, what's going on? We're all, we're all writing. I've just written a phrase, three words, um, in a pen on the balloon. Me too. Love is infinite, but I think I might have spelled infinite wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Did you wrote that whole? I think, yeah, I have actually. <laughs> I just realized. I put an A instead of an I. Oh, dear. I've written love and support. Okay. Ooh. Very beautiful. We're very loving, aren't we, at Talk Art, right? Yeah. Because I can't spell, so I kind of drawing spellings. I wrote more empathy in this world. So I'd like you, everyone to stand up here. I know everyone, we have like 25, 30, 50 people here. Everyone stand up. And then somehow... You will start to play with your own balloon a little bit, just like tapping over your head. And then when you start to do that, and then I will invite you starting to be able to leave your balloon. And then you have to, a couple, when I count to three, we all have to hit it. And then keep all the balloons up in the air because everyone was like being up. So if something falls down, then bring it up again. And, and then I count to three, and then we bang it up in the air. One, We're bouncing two, the balloon. three, go! Go, go, and go, go, go. Just keep the balloons up in the air. If something falls down, then bring it down. You have all the balloons jumping up, everyone screaming. And now, oh, go, 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 go. And now, take the first balloon coming to you and grab it. Can you give me that one? Oh, wow, I, I've got one. My one says vivid living. <laughs> vivid living. What Actually, I say? got my own. Tell us now. You want to swap? <laughs> okay. Love this. Okay. Okay, and we can sit down again. There we go. <laughs> that was that was that amazing. was interactive. That was really. So now we've all got uh, a stranger's balloon in our hand. Yeah, but maybe I, I have the feeling that we uh, that we all got a new statement in our lives. I don't believe in coincidence, so I believe that what came down to you now is something you have to work with. 
in right, your life, right, or right. maybe inviting in in your life. Should we, should we all read out what we've got then? Yeah. What have you got? I've got vivid living. It's very good. I've got we are together. Oh. Uh, and I, 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 you have to help me what stands on this one. It looks like it says sausage. Okay. <laughs> you need to eat more, more because sausage. Because I'm a vegetarian. That's quite funny. Yeah. Okay. You can have vegetarian sausage. It could also sausage. be, uh, I, I could say sourdough. 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 It says, uh, like what does it sour. say? Oh, it that's very beautiful. Longing oh. for someone. Longing for someone. Oh, oh that's, that's beautiful. beautiful. I just came from Portugal surfing last two days ago. It's a sign. Yeah. That was, well, that was incredible. Thank, well, let's have a round of applause for that. Yeah, very beautiful. You. Amazing. And I'm so thank good. you, everyone in the audience, for being so up for it. Yeah. I think We're, losing our self-consciousness <laughs> is such a great thing. You know what I mean? Like trying to get rid of inhibitions and... Yeah. Be our true free selves is a good thing. So we're going to get on to our final questions now. Yeah, let's get to the Which is a talk art classic. The first question is, if yes. you could do an art heist, and this is interesting because you said you traded with artist friends and you used to collect. If you could have any work of art, you could steal it nicely for yourself, what would it be and why? We can help you. We can bring vans, cranes, balloons. helicopters, yeah. balloons. Yeah. yeah, everything. Anything you need. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll turn the CCTV off. Yes. No, but there is one piece which uh, one of my fa my favorite piece in the world is a piece from Esko Jorn. He's a cobra painter from Denmark. Mm -hmm. um, he died in. Can you explain what the cobra movement is as well? Yeah, it was a kind of it was uh, it was like a group of of artists from around the world, Copenhagen, Belgium, and Holland, I think. And uh, and it was more, and they went together as a group of artists, and they they created something called Situationismus. So it was like the Sunnisonist, and then they were painting abstract painting. Or the, some of the after like 60s doing abstract painting after something else, and they were very provocative. They were very politically. He was very politically asked, and um, he did this piece called Stalingrad, and he painted on it four times in 15 years, and he went back and painting on it. I think it started in 67, and it became 68 and 9, and it was 71 and 73 before he died. So he came back, this very big one, is this in the Museum of Singapore? And, uh, it's and a canvas. It's a very big canvas, you're sitting in front of it, when you're arriving, you're looking at it, and it's just black and white almost. You just see, and when you sit down and look at it, then somehow all this history of, of political situation at that time, but the, the colors just starts to appear and bring out. So when you've been sitting there for 10 minutes, you don't see black or white anymore. There's so much going on abstractly in the painting, and you see so much sorrow, so much pain, and so much, uh, I would not say happiness, actually, but so much. It's very strong. I have been sitting there crying several times. It's a nice idea of, like, time passing and kind of layers. It almost reminds me of that work where that guy, like, rubbed the wall of the museum and um, revealed all the layers of paint underneath the white paint. You know, like here in this room, yeah. like underneath there might be other layers, almost like a tree, the, the, you know, the rings inside a tree. It's like them old churches where they suddenly pull a bit of like fresco yeah. back and yeah. there's some incredible work behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's amazing videos of Asker Yorn as well, painting. Um, yeah. There were some amazing films they made of him, yeah. like very intensely, like into the expression. Really wonderful. Cool. Yeah, the so he will be the... He will be the the main figure in my life I like to look at. Although it's very, very different than I was. I'm working on myself. Yeah, it's very different to your practice. Well, we'll get you that painting. That's done. Yeah. That, that, that's Fun. done. Thank Super you. easy. Okay. The other question kind of relates. What is your favorite color? That's definitely blue. Blue, like your yeah. eyes. Baby yeah, no. blue eyes. <laughs> Which I mentioned earlier. 
Of course, Woo! it's like my eyes. Yeah. No, we, 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 we were at my booth yesterday at Freeze. Um, Yepe came to say hi to me, and we took a, a picture. And as I posted it last night, I was like, his eyes are like piercing blue. They're like they're like kind of like ice or like. I don't know, they're, they're incredible. Very strange and today people. you're wearing a blue t-shirt. Yeah, it's because... With one of your phrases on it. No, I don't, there's no... Fr oh, yeah, okay, right here, right now, yeah, that's uh, one of my phrases. No, but I, um, it is blue because uh, when, I, uh, when I started to do Breathe With Me project, I, uh, I did a lot of colors, thousands of lines trying to create calmness in my mind. And then it became blue because that's the blue of, of the ocean and of the sky. So it's a kind of a color I don't need to explain so much. Of course, I can see as a joke, it's like my eyes, but it's not about my eyes, of course. But uh, I feel very calm. I feel very um, in balance when I work with that color. I have it around me. Wow. What is the best advice you've ever received when it comes to your art? Um, one day, I was, I was asking an artist, which was a friend of mine since many years now, and he died last year, called Dan Graham. And uh, when I was a young guy in, in 96, I asked him, what should a young uh, artist do who has a lot of uh, energy and he wants to be very famous? Huh? And he said, very cold, he said, get a lot of friends in the art world because you will, when you get competitors, you will lose them all. But I, be I don't believe that. I'm another school. I believe you, you need to surround you with a lot of nice people but also try to work with the one you don't like. And especially in our school, work with, try to do every kind of thing you can do. Like make photos if you're a painter, do performative uh, stuff if you are a sculpture, whatever. Try to do a lot of things because if you haven't tried to do communicate in this level, you don't know if you can use it as a tool. And I understand because my tools are very wide. I'm painting, I'm performing, I'm acting, I'm whatever I do. Uh, but I see that I, I think it's a very quality of trying to bring in certain type of way of telling something yeah. in different materials. So, I, I, so my statement is try to be very open and help each other because we will meet each other again. We will sit here in 20 years. You will have a little bit longer beard, and both of you, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe thicker glasses. But but, <laughs> and you will have glasses as well. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. But <laughs> but I, and, and we will meet each other again, and we will see. And if I have been a big asshole in the art school, of course, then people remember that. Yeah. yeah and you are yeah. still in the box as a big asshole. Yeah. Sorry to be an uncomfortable person. So if you can, to, so if you can deal with that, trying to help each other yeah. and inspire each other, then you are very far, I think. I like that idea of stepping outside your comfort zone as well and sort of not just doing what comes immediately or easy, like trying other things to see. it unlock something else. Yeah, it? exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even when you go back, say you're painting and then you take photos, when you go back to making your paintings, you might think differently about it because you've taken photos. Like, I think it can be really exciting as an artist to try different avenues. But of course, the gallerists have difficulties to do that <laughs> when you come in and saying no I'm now I'm doing something with no object I'm just doing performative then of course some galleries are like oh, what are you talking about back to the painting you know but uh, maybe you can comment on that <laughs> I, I, I represent a performance artist from, from Norway that's so good. she only does performance Rona, so. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'm all good for performance I've got one more question I'm just <laughs> yes, would like to know before your burnout what was the art you were making and have you ever returned to that sort of work you were making then Yes, of course, uh, my art hasn't changed in the sense of so I, I just added some things on it. So I still do water pavilions around the world. I still do benches and mirror works, uh, which was still that time. 
but I just start to understand them very different. I got like an emotional and maybe also more spiritual uh, dimension on the works uh, to understand my works much better. But I'm not trying to sell you some spirituality and, 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 and you should do yoga and, and, and meditate while you're having my work. But of course, it's just a part of me now. Great. But also, I think if you look back at the works, for example, like the rooms that are created out of water, and then they disappear, and then they're almost like water fountains, but they create these spaces that you can inhabit inside as a spectator uh, to experience the artwork. But like they are actually very soulful works. Like they're about nature, they're about um, impermanence of, of things, the way that you can't really hold not. on to something. Yeah, yeah you don't know where the water's coming from. Yeah, and, yeah and, and joy and fun, exactly. Yeah. And you might get sprayed with water. But I always liked it because it's like the walls we build around ourselves psychologically mm. and how it is all just an illusion and it can disappear just yeah. as fast as it's, it appears, you know. So I think those works are deeply sort of spiritual and soulful. You call them liquid architecture. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, uh, there is one at the South Bank, not anymore, but it's like every summer there's one there together in front of the Haywood Gallery and you yeah, have these yeah. orange benches also which you can play on and have fun. But of course, as I also heard now in New York where I showed a piece in front of the Rockefeller and, and they just said that the New York, come, some people said, some journalists said, that, that this kind of part of New York comes to life again. And this is not just for the tourists because New Yorkers keep on coming back to experience this piece. Uh, and that of course made me very happy that the kids don't want to go to the beach and to the pool, they're going right back to the rocker to have fun at, uh, at the fountain. <laughs> That's amazing. So what's next for you? Where can we see you next? And what have you got on the horizon? Yeah, but the next thing is having a little... Uh, now, uh, the next thing is... Next week is Paris Plus with Ruina, and then there's Tokyo Ruina, and then in the end of the year, we have Miami Freeze, which is... Uh, uh, or Miami Basel, sorry. And, uh, and there's a very big project Ruina at the beach, actually, where it's going very spiritual, actually, I would say. Uh, what are you doing at the beach? Can you tell us? Or <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it under embargo? <laughs> no, it's under, kind of under embargo, but of course it's like, it's it's, it's it's extended version of what you experience here at the at the art fair. So it's a lot of uh, experiment, a lot of emotions, a lot of things where you actually calm down. And, and because it's on the beach, there's big waves. You can actually, I made a meditation like a wave. So you're breathing in when the wave rises. Oh wow! When the and when the wave fall, then you're exhaling. Yeah? So it's kind of a showing how also your breath. So in the sense, I'm trying to use the element at the beach to inspire people. Amazing. So that's it. And then next year I will have a little bit of a break of of a pause, breathing in and out a couple of uh, months, and then of course the travel goes further, but not with Ruina, but with uh, a lot of other beautiful projects. Well, we will be doing the same this week. Check You're out help the... us get through the chaos of freeze week with uh, a yeah. deep breath. Check out the Ruin Our website because you've made this incredible interactive animation where you can go in and you can do these selfie drawings online yeah. and you can breathe online. And it's, it's really amazing interactive. Yeah, yeah I was very... Um, I could definitely recommend it because I was very... I don't like this digital thing, but when I got inspired by that and they showed me, I was kind of mind-blowing how... Effective interactive it is and feeling your emotions in the computer. It's, really, it's another really dimension it's and it's also different. the future because the as you'll see with your own kids, I guess, you know, kids grow up now with the screen Online. as being another part of their body almost. Exactly. It's like an yeah. extension of our being. Thank you so much. It's and you brilliant. on Instagram, you are at Yepi Hine on Instagram. Yes, I am. And uh, you can follow everything that Yepi is doing around the world on that 
of that social uh, media. And also follow at Ruinar. And we would like to say thank you to Ruinar for making all of this possible and for also connecting us because I'd never even met you before. No, and it's been such a joy and privilege to get to know you. I think you're such a generous, kind, um, you're doing something better for the world and uh, you're definitely joyful. leaving you're the joyful. world in a better place than when you arrived in it. So thank oh you my for God, that. Thank you so thank much. You. So thank, thank you, you everyone. For thank me. you for being thank here. You. Thank you. <laughs> We will see you all very soon. We'll be back very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks bye, for listening. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening.